0: Hey, y'all, and welcome to a four-part series on the happy hour. It's going to be really great and very informative, and I think you're going to love it. May is National Foster Care Month, and so we decided let's talk to four different uh, guests and get four different conversations going about foster care. I want to give you the lay of the land for this series so you know what to expect. So first up, we have Jamie Finn. And Jamie is the executive director of Foster the Family. And she also released a book this year called Foster the Family. It's a great organization that's doing great things for foster families. And we talk a lot about foster care in this very first episode that you're listening to today. And then on Friday's episode, we have Tori Hope Peterson. She is the author of a book that is coming out in August. It's not out yet, but I've had the privilege of reading it. And it is amazing. It's called Fostered. And she's a foster care survivor and an advocate and educator around foster care. Next week, we have Patoya Hall, who lives right here in my state of Texas. And she works at Baylor University. And she tells her story of setting out to foster and what that led to in her life with the adoption of her little baby girl. And then next Friday, we have Whitney Furr who tells her story of what it was like to place her son for adoption almost a decade ago. So we wanted to talk to every person in this triad of adoption and have it be a lot around foster care. If you wanna hear a conversation that's strictly about adoption, Go back and listen to Brittany Salmon's episode that we recently had in April. Really great show. She also has a book out that I highly recommend you pick up called It Takes More Than Love. One of the best books I've read about adoption in a really long time. So today's show with Jamie is going to be a lot about what it's like to be a foster parent. We talk about this idea of stepping into someone's life for maybe a moment for a small period and what that might be, feel like for her. A lot of people think about foster care and think, man, I could never do that. It'd be too hard. I get too attached. We really dive into that conversation today. We did this uh, interview in person and I wonder often if you guys can tell which interviews are in person and which are on Zoom because there's just a really great connection and Jamie was a phenomenal guest. and I'm so glad I got to know her. If you don't follow her Instagram, I highly recommend you head over and do that because it has such great content Uh, for all of us who are caring for people and especially if you are entering into the foster care space. Find her Instagram. It's at foster the family blog. Okay, y'all. It's the first Wednesday right now of May and Mother's Day is pretty early in May this month. And so if you're looking for some gifts for Mother's Day, even some last minute gifts through Amazon, we have a great list for you. Go to jamieivy.com slash gift guide. You're going to find lots of great gift ideas there for whoever you're shopping for this may all right y'all here's my conversation with jamie enjoy
2: it jamie welcome to the happy hour i am so happy to be here i am having a moment a happy moment (laughs) a happy moment uh you are my favorite podcaster and this is my favorite podcast moment (laughs) you're so kind i am so excited i this is not a self thing but like
0: why do why do you love the happy hour
2: I love getting to hear women talk to each other. Mm. I feel like more than someone talking at me, I want to hear them just be themselves with each other. And I feel like it's an opportunity to learn from people in a really organic way. And you, Mm. you're so, I just trust you. Honestly, I trust whatever's going to come out of your mouth as far as theology and, you know, we're talking today about foster care. So yeah. when we get into those sorts of things, I trust you. I know you're going to say like, evaluate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I trust you. And that's a gift. Well, that means a lot. Yeah. Thank you for trusting me. I do.
0: I feel like I have wanted to build that trust mm. with an audience. And one thing we try to do here is to be, I, I think it comes from me personally. It's like, theologically conservative. Yeah. And I guess you would call it a little more liberal yeah. on social issues. Exactly. Which I think it's all gospel centered. Yep. Who am I to say?
2: Well, uh you're the one to say it because a lot of people aren't saying yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> a lot of times it's like one or the other. Yeah. And so to know like, yeah, this is where we land theologically, but then we are all about justice because the gospel's about justice. That's and exactly we are right. all about all of these gospel things that somehow have become political Political. and the gospel is what leads us into justice absolutely not anything else right
0: well i'm glad you're here thank you for those kind words about our show um i'm super proud of the happy hour like really proud of the happy hour so i'm excited that you're here uh this show today is kicking off a four episode series all about foster care. Uh you know this. May is National Foster Care Awareness Month. Yep. Uh it is May is a lot of things. It's also my birthday. I'm gonna okay. let everyone know that Let's my birthday that. is in two days. Um it's the Happy Hour birthday mm. on this next Sunday, the night May 9th is the Happy Hour birthday. And it's foster care awareness month, which I'm really excited. I wanna tell you who we have coming up. I want to tell you Jamie but also our listener. We have you today from uh Foster the Family is the name of your book that came out in February. Great book. On Friday, we have Tori Peterson. Who do you my know Tori? Girl?
2: I mean, literally one of my closest friends. Ah, oh. She is. We've gotten connected through this community. Oh, you are going to love her.
0: I can't wait. Full disclosure. When we're talking, I haven't interviewed her yet. And okay, So I'm super excited about talking to her. She uh, is an adult who, correct me if I'm wrong, aged out of the foster care system.
2: Yeah, she has like an unofficial adult adoption story.
0: Got it. And then we have Pretoria Hall coming up, who is a, she's a foster parent, now adopted mom, uh, mm-hmm. single mom, actually. And then we have Whitney coming, who is um, a birth mom. So awesome. we are just covering the whole spectrum. Oh, I'm so excited. It. A couple weeks ago, you guys heard from my friend Brittany Salmon um, with her new book that came out. So this is May. This is us. We're talking about this. And I just want to let you know too, Jamie, um, Foster care did not really come on my radar until we moved to Austin. Okay. In fact, we had our, when we moved to Austin in 2008, we already adopted our son domestically, and we were already in the process of adopting our two kids who were born in Haiti. So we were kind of full, and that was that. But our church has done so much mm. for foster parents and foster care here in the city of Austin. And I remember when I lived in uh, Tennessee. I'm going to set this up for you. I read a book called The Middle Mom. Yep. Read it. Okay, so it was my first kind of introduction, yeah, to foster care, and we're gonna dive into this in a minute. But um, she said something in there that I have never forgotten, and I want to talk to you about it. She said, "So many people will say I could never be a foster parent because how could I ever love a kid, sure, and then send them back home, yeah." And she, I probably will misquote it, but she basically said, "If I don't love them, who will?" Mm. And I'm the adult. And so as the adult, I can handle those feelings. Yeah. And it just changed me forever. That that book written by, I don't even know her name. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I read it so long ago. Yeah. Um, but you released a book in February called Foster the Family, Encouragement, Hope, and Practical Hel- Help for the Christian Foster Parent. So as we dive into this, give us a little bit of your backstory sure. with foster care.
2: Yeah, so I would say similarly, I knew that in theory foster care existed. Right. Like I knew that people did this. And I even had a heart for adoption. I've always kind of been like mercy and mission minded, but it was not like a real thing for me. I had never seen it, I didn't know anyone who did it. And I read Radical by Mm -hmm. David Platt. Don't read it if you don't (laughs) want to destroy your happy little life. And it did. It destroyed my happy little life Mm. in the best way. And it filled me with this discontentment of just like, okay, normal, happy life. And let's do the American dream. And I just was like on fire for doing something. And so my husband, Alan and I, we went to God's word. He was not excited about foster care. It is (laughs) Gary. It was not something he was excited about. And so he really became compelled by God's word, convinced. Like Mm -hmm. we can't stand in action when God calls us to love the fatherless. He calls himself father to the fatherless. Like following him means following him into this. So we kind of had this all right, let's try one time. (laughs) <laughs> like one kid one time and see how it goes and we actually our first placement was our forever daughter she ended up staying forever and it we've been in it since it's been mm. 8 years where one kid, one time has become, you know, we've had up to six kids in our home. We've cared for 27 kids and it has become this life mission for us.
0: Wow. You know, I've often heard people say that there is a big need for families who are willing to be foster parents without the goal of adoption. Yeah. yeah. The end. Like that kind of interim care. Um, And for you guys, you've adopted too. Yeah. Uh, are you done with adding to your family that way? That's a loaded question, I feel like.
2: It, well, I have a good answer. Okay, so don't okay, okay. worry. <laughs> yeah, we said yes to a little baby boy, not knowing his story. And his story was that he needed a forever family right mm. away. And so he is 18 months old. We file adoption paperwork in the next couple of weeks, and he will be joining our forever family, which in New Jersey, where I live, means we have one spot open you're not allowed to have more than six kids okay so we continue we plan on (laughs) continuing to welcome kids into our home but that forever kid count will go from four to five there you go. Yeah. Well, congratulations on that. Thanks. He is such a joy.
0: Oh, my God. We
2: love him. I wish that I could somehow show a picture over podcast right now because it would just be a collective oh, awe. Now, whenever beautiful. you
0: do put pictures on your social media, because I yeah. follow you, it's that I'm assuming he's the
2: one that you don't show his yes. face. Yeah. Explain that to people because I understand, but other people might not understand. Sure. So, because they're under the guardianship of the state, children in foster care, I don't have the right to show their faces. And,. So I think it's important to advocate for these kids, and they're voiceless, and they're faceless, and I think that's why it can be easy for us to ignore them. Mm -hmm. So I'm always kind of walking this tension of sharing about my feelings, my experiences as a foster parent. And showing beautiful pictures of our family, but also really protecting mm. the kids' stories, the parents' identities, and not getting into the details of them and really just keeping it about my experience. Yeah. All right. Let's dive in a little bit to that conversation
0: about um, grief. And if mm. you've had, you know, 27 kids and you have a family of five, what that tells me is that you've said goodbye to a lot of kids. Yeah. And... um, I'm sure lots of different circumstances, some reunification, some new foster home, whatever it might be the scenario, it's still goodbye Mm -hmm. and it's still grief. And I opened up by telling you about how I was so taken aback by the question of how could I ever love a child and then send them home or send them to a new foster parent's house? What does that look like for you guys? And how do you explain that? I mean, you call it a biblical idea of grief. What does that look like?
2: Yeah. So I think back to the idea of I would get too attached and that whole how would I ever say goodbye is when we follow Jesus into hard things, we are trusting that he's going to carry us. Mm. And so I think that part of the discussion there is really believing that God is faithful to do what he says he's going to do, which is carry us and help us through the hard. So have I... Grieved, have I been brokenhearted and and scared? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But that is not a reason to not get involved. I mean, what we see of Jesus is that Jesus is drawn to brokenness. He jumps into people's broken spaces and he loves them there. And so the idea that the system is broken, that our hearts will be broken, is an invitation from our God Mm. to get involved. But it's also an invitation from him to entrust our hearts to him, Mm. to see that when we go through hardship, it builds character, which builds hope. Like We have to trust what God says about suffering and hardship and how those are places where he does beautiful things in our hearts and it's not just oh god will help you through your heartbreak it's god has lessons in the heartbreak that can only be learned in the heartbreak Ugh. and that makes them precious because it's there that we love him more so good that we know him more deeply that we crave heaven Mm. when we're in the brokenness of this earth we crave heaven Mm. of in this beautiful way so i think that there is a beauty in the heartbreak because it draws us into the arms of the savior
0: Mm. you just quoted like my favorite verse in the whole bible from romans five yep About what suffering produces in us and it does it produces things that cannot otherwise be produced in us Mm -hmm. which is scary sure because we're american
2: christians and we don't like suffering um and we can often avoid it very easily (laughs) so that's the thing about foster care is that you are choosing to jump into something Mm. that most people spend their lives trying to avoid the hard things and people's broken stories and mess and we we like to isolate ourselves Mm. but it's the choice to jump in to something that's hard and believe that it's going to produce those things god promises i think everything you just said is like affirmation for those that are
0: listening that are in the middle of being a foster parent Mm. and i think it's also a reminder for those of us who aren't in that place but know people that are sure is to say oh my friend you know kim who's stepping into these stories This has to be hard for her. I just might see her social media posts about how, you know, look at this. Exactly. But it is very, very difficult. Um, We talk about, well, you talk in your book about the relationships that you've had with um, the kids that have been in your home and their uh, parents. Mm -hmm. Um, That can feel also super scary to people as in like, oh, I'm taking care of someone's child. And I think there would be a lot of assumptions about parents whose kids are in foster care, like, oh, they must be the worst. I can't believe you would even see them. Like those are what people would automatically talk about. Can you share with us about some of those relationships you've had with um, birth parents?
2: Yeah, I can share about the relationships and I can also share the empathy of thinking those thoughts. Mm. Go for it. Because I was 100% there. I believed that these kids were in these awful homes with these criminals, addicts, mentally ill, like all these labels that see people as other, mm. don't see people as God loves them and don't see their preciousness in their struggle. And so I have felt every way that you can feel about parents.
0: That's comforting if someone's like, oh no, she's talking about how I feel. Yeah,
2: exactly. It is. I think it is very natural, especially when you get to love the kids. Yeah. So you love these kids. You feel protective. You're like, I would jump in front of a train for you and your parent won't even show up for their scheduled visit where they get transportation. That is the kind of ugliness mm-hmm. that I lived in for a while. And it was easy to be there. <laughs> it was easy to think, I'm better Mm. and I'm doing better. And this kid is better off with me. And I'm just so grateful to God. I honestly, he is so merciful to us Mm. because we are arrogant and ignorant and self righteous. And by his mercy, he rescues us. And that is what he did. He literally miraculously rescued you me from myself in helping me understand how precious the family is to him, Mm. that I was seeing the preciousness of these kids and thinking this is worth saving. They are the mission. And it's so much bigger Mm. than that. The mission isn't just protecting kids. It is healing families. It's not just that kids need this. It's that families need it. And he really spoke into my heart all the gifts I've received, mm. all the privileges that I've had. Like, what do you have that you have not received? And that became sort of the pounding drum in my heart of yeah. everything I have as a gift. And what am I without those gifts? Mm. Even if I did have a story similar to my kids' parents, but God gave me grace and strength and resources around me, even that is just his grace. Mm. So I can completely empathize with with that feeling yeah. of, you know, I just, I feel better then, and these kids are better yeah. off with me, Yeah. but God changed my heart there. And so I've gotten to have really sweet relationships I with my that. kids' parents since. I love that. I'm
0: so grateful that God takes our, everything you just said, our self-righteous, our yeah. hypocrisy, all those things. And by his grace molds us to look more like him, because right. I can think at the beginning of our adoption journey, some of the, and I've said this on the show before. Some of the things that came out of my mouth, I'm yeah. just, I'm so embarrassed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am so embarrassed at the words, and just this idea that I am so much better mm-hmm. is disgusting mm-hmm. now to think about. Um, but God can totally change that. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's
1: OnePeloton.com. If you're on a GLP-1, you're probably loving the results. You look good. But how do you feel? How about the stomach issues, loss of muscle mass, lacking energy? All of those side effects can take a toll. So now what? The answer is GNC. We have solutions that can help address those side effects and make sure you don't get knocked off your path. Because when it comes to living healthy, we're all about it. And that includes keeping you going on your GLP-1 journey. GNC. I want you to...
0: Not think of this next question as you bragging on yourself, but I want you to a little bit, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, the same way that I can brag on the happy hour because I think we've done great stuff here. I want you to talk about like what are some of the amazing things that have come out of you actually stepping into those relationships and not being scared of the parents, of the kids that you're mm. watching. And you know, I want to, I want to go back and correct something I said earlier. Is I called the kids that you have in your home their birth parents and it's semantics it's vocabulary but those are their parents like that they have they still have rights to their children all the things so i just want to publicly correct that so go ahead i love that that's why
2: i love you (laughs) (laughs) um i have had just the sweetest relationships with one of some of my kids parents one of them texted me the other day and she got a scary diagnosis Mm. her son was in my home years ago She had no support then. I have been her only support even throughout the years of him being with her. And it was, I got a scary diagnosis. We have to talk about paperwork because you are the only person I have. And there is something so beautiful and absolutely heartbreaking about how many of my kids' parents are like, You're my family now. Mm. And it's because they don't have that unconditional love and support and they have broken a lot of that, Mm. but they've already come from that brokenness. And I love to think of my kids' parents as just as in need of the love of Christ, let alone attachment and, mm-hmm. and knowledge of trauma and all of that as I do their kids. Wow! So many of, of the foster parents who are, are judging their kids' parents, like those are the kids that 20 years ago, you would have said, I want to bring into my home and help. So I I have come to love them. We have celebrated Christmas in our home with our kids' parents. We have had shared birthday parties. I have been able to help my kids' parents understand the system, which Mm. is really confusing, understand how to advocate for themselves, what's expected of them. And I've learned how joyful foster care can be when you jump in when it's not just about bringing a child into your home. It's about bringing your family into another family. Mm, That's good.
0: Bringing your family into another family.
2: Yeah. I foster care. We talk about it like it's about kids. Foster care is about taking care of kids. It's not. Foster care is about playing a part in a family being healed, which is beautiful from a a worldly justice minded, you know, it's beautiful in and of itself. But then when we look at the gospel Mm. implications that that is literally what Jesus came to do to come into brokenness and bring healing, restoration to make new what was old. And we get to do this gospel work of applying that to families. Okay, this family needs healing. I'm not the one to heal them. This family needs restoration. I'm not going to restore, but I can walk with them. I can pray for them. And I can trust that Jesus is is the one that came to do this.
0: That is so beautiful. Uh, you, Your book that came out in February, Foster the Family, Encouragement, Hope, and Practical Help for the Christian Foster Parent. Uh, I'm assuming, and I will let you answer this the right way, I'm assuming this came out of this deep desire of like, I've walked this road for however many years. I understand how hard this can be. Let me pour some love and encouragement onto other foster parents. Is that where this came from?
2: It did. It also came from this, Desire when I became a foster parent to do it the right way to, you know, like when I got married, I read all these gospel centered Uh marriage books, reading one right now, by the way, by (laughs) Jamie, a little compliment, (laughs) a little compliment. (laughs) Um, And when I was in college, it was like the Christian college. And then I became a foster parent and I was like, I'm not sure what this should look like but I know that God's word Mm. is living and active. And so I'm just going to keep going with these questions like, okay, the Bible doesn't say anything about parental visits and foster care, but what does the Bible say? And, and I just found God's word so faithful Mm. to be alive and speaking and to provide this direction. And so I almost felt Like God had just been so kind to me and merciful to show me things. And like, it was a responsibility Mm. like, okay, God, thank you for humbling me in these ways. I want to share the things that you've shown me in your word and, and pray that it does the same work in other people.
0: Mm. I think that what I loved about your book is you really, as I was reading it, I felt, although I've never walked this exact road, uh, we do have three kids in our family through adoption. Um, I did feel like, oh my gosh, this would have been such a help for me mm. all those years ago. So, so, so helpful. The closest I ever got to foster care, Jamie, I'll tell you this, is we had a girl come live with us on a medical visa. Okay. And so she was here for nine weeks.
2: So it's the had whole Had three like, surgeries. Oh.
0: And then took her back. And the whole time I knew, I mean, it really like- J- I'm not trying to be funny here, but the whole time she was in our home, I really just knew I was playing a part of this whole family story, like yeah. you said. Yeah. Like I would talk to about her mom and her dad, and that one day in a couple of weeks you're gonna go back and see them. um English was not her first language, so that was also another barrier. Oh, but sure. um, okay. it was, you know, it was great. And but that's I was reading this book thinking, oh my gosh, what a help this would have been. Mm. um You recently you were foster parents to a teenager. Yeah. I would only imagine, I can only imagine I parent teenagers in real time right now, four of them, and um, I would imagine that parenting teenagers through the foster care system versus your 18-month-old or your other children that have have joined your family through foster care, uh, what were some of the differences there?
2: The differences are a lot of helping them understand what they were experiencing and what Mm. they had experienced, so she had a story before she came to us and and also I think nine placements Mm. before she came to us. And so helping her process through some of that and taking all that I've learned about attachment and trauma and even trying to help her understand her parents a little bit, that was really beautiful. The things that God has taught me about having compassion on parents, I felt like I was able to help her with too, understanding her parents' story a little bit and how that's brought about some of the hard things. That they've gone through. You know, it's interesting.
0: We just did this um, therapy with one of our kids and um, we had to like talk about our trauma. Yes.
2: Your attachment style. Yes. And and all
0: kinds of things and talk about things that have happened in our past that have affected us so deeply. Yeah. And although I've never done this with my parents, I would imagine that they would have the same thing about what happened with their, Absolutely. And it is just, I've learned so much just in these last couple of years, even a lot through my show. Thank goodness for the interviews I get to do, but about how much that affects us that you would have never thought. I have talked about this a million times on the show. Um, I listened to What Happened to You by, yeah. have you read it? Yes. He's the best. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah. <laughs> and I listened to it, which if you like listening to audiobooks, get this book. It's called What Happened to You by Dr. Bruce Perry yes. uh, and Oprah Winfrey. And yeah. so on the audio book, they actually have dialogue. Right which I appreciated so much. I just highly recommend that book. And everything that you're talking about is exactly what what they talked about in that book.
2: Yeah, if you are welcoming a child into your home who's experienced trauma, which means every single foster (laughs) child, adopted child, then- Even if you get them at zero days old. If you get them straight from the hospital, don't get me started. I know, I know, I know. (laughs) We have a responsibility Mm. to become trauma-informed, But I also think that every single person who's hearing this loves someone who's been touched by trauma. And so understanding the way that trauma transforms your brain and body and beliefs, I think it's everyone's responsibility. This is me
0: doing my little finger snaps that I used to do in my sorority when we
2: liked something something we say saying. It
0: will only help
2: you love people better when you're able to see... Oh, this is where they're coming from, and this is some of the hard stuff that's going on in their brain, body, heart, as um loving them.
0: So good. Okay, where do they start? What like if this is not foster or adoption related, but now you've got. I, I love this conversation. Yeah. Someone's like Jamie, Jamie Finn, not Jamie Ivy. Jamie, <laughs> I want to learn about this. Yeah. Where do they go?
2: So I think you gave a great recommendation. I think that is really great for just your average person who wants to learn. I also love, it's called The Body Keeps the Score. And I'm not even going to try to say her name, Dr. Bessel something. Um, and that is, I think, the book on all things trauma. You know, I
0: have that book and I've had it for years and I have not read oh, it. Oh, you And have it comes to up all it. the time in
2: conversations
0: and not all the time. I'm like, get that book out, get that book yes. out.
2: It is the I'm gonna book do it. on this. And then if you are caring for kids through foster care adoption, Dr. Karen Purvis, Connected Child, Connected Parent. It'll help give feet to this stuff Mm -hmm. and help you understand. It's very reader-friendly and opens your eyes to some of what your kids have experienced. Again, even if it's only, quote-unquote, in utero, um, and it'll help you love them well. Uh, I think that a lot of people are going to be
0: listening to this because they know the conversation we're talking about, but a lot of people hopefully have stuck around, even if they're not in foster care. (laughs) How do, And I asked Brittany this same question when she was on a couple of weeks ago. What do you tell people who are saying, how do I love the people better that mm-hmm. I know that are involved in this? And I, and I like how you said you likely know someone. I went. I talked about this very in depth when Brittany Salmon was on, that if you're listening to this, like you're likely a Christian. This is a faith-based show. If you're not, gosh, you're still welcome here. Oh my yeah. gracious. Um, but you probably know someone, even adjacent that has adopted or foster care or or something. Sure. I just feel like that that's a big statement, but I don't know. Who knows? What is that, what do they do to help you and your whole ministry that is for foster parents?
2: How does someone like me who is not a foster parent, yeah. how do I lean into this? Okay, let me answer part of what I think you're getting at that you didn't ask. Okay. How do we jump into loving those who need to be loved? because I think a big mission of the church is to support and love foster and adoptive parents. But I also think it can be to get really involved with vulnerable families before foster care becomes part of the story. So we are very happy to give money to that parent who's adopting and we are very happy to like show up with a meal for the foster parent, but would we have done that two days ago when that child was in a hard situation and single mom is working two jobs and just escaped a domestic violence and you know, would we show up in that same way for them? so I think that part of the answer for some people. Isn't going to be to foster or adopt. It might not even be to support foster and adoptive parents. It might be to love on to bring home from practice the kids of the single mom or to bring groceries home for the family where dad just lost his job. It is to lean into the people who live in your town and they don't mow their lawn and you want to walk right by and avoid them to jump into their stories and bring them support and love before foster care becomes a part of their story. Could not have said it better. So good. Um, I always think
0: like I have several friends that do like a lot of great, great, meaningful work for um, tr- sex trafficking victims. Mm. So um, women who are either in being trafficked or on the other side of it, you're a part of the solution yes. because you're reaching these women right where they are. Yep. Um, I think about when we used to do ministry in the jail, the county jail yep. here. That was a part of the process. Um, there's organizations through our church that work with low income school districts that is a part of the process. Exactly. And so I, I love that so much. It's part of the process. Yeah. One of the things I appreciate in your book, we talked about self-care. Yeah. And uh, self-care can get like a bad rap sometime yeah, sure. in Christian circles. I don't know why. I haven't yeah. figured it out yet. <laughs> um, but it also can be like overindulgent as well. Yeah. So there's this kind of like happy dance that we're all learning to do. But talk about that even with your families who are current foster parents.
2: Yeah. So this is one of those areas that I write from a place of weakness. Oh, (laughs) okay. So there are some things where I'm like, oh, God has put this in my heart and I can share this. My mom just asked me the other day, which of your chapters do you feel like you need the most? And it's definitely this one Mm. because I have become fully convinced by what I know of the brain and what I've learned about how living with children who've experienced trauma really secondary trauma Mm -hmm. is a real thing and primary trauma. You know, when you've experienced kids who've walked through hard things, you are inviting trauma into your home and it touches you and it starts to change your brain and your body and your beliefs. So I know this. And then I went to God's word. Oh, Jesus took time to rest. He encouraged his people to, to hide away and to feed. And he is Is all about this. So I know it in this like research sense, this biblical sense. And yet it's so hard for me Mm. to shut down that saviorism, to shut down like it needs to be me and I need to meet everyone's needs and I can just keep going. And I am so grateful that God allows us to meet our weakness Mm -hmm. (laughs) to meet the end of ourselves so that we find him there. I think that there's grace in that. I mean, obviously we know God gives miraculous strength when we glory in our weakness, Mm -hmm. but I also believe that God wants us to be equipped for what he's called us to and that we need to be considering self-care, not just as something you do. Okay. I'm going to go get my manicure, self-care, but a lifestyle Mm. a perspective shift that we take care of ourselves so that we can love those. God has called us to love. We take care of ourselves because we're humble Mm. and we see that we can't do all the things we take care of ourselves because we acknowledge in wisdom, the limitations that God has put on our body. Mm. And we submit to those rhythms that he's given. So it's, it's a learning for me all the time, a dying to that saviorism. I need to be all things to all people, mm. and only God can be that. And He has something for me in this. To humble myself before him and entrust my people to him.
0: I love that. And it's not just, you said this, but I want to say it again, it's not just manicures and, right. and haircuts and, and massages, but it could be like getting up 30 minutes earlier, which doesn't feel like self care, but to sit by yourself Absolutely. and have that cup of coffee without all the kids around, you know? Or staying up 30 minutes extra to have a date on the couch with your husband. Yep. Uh, just, or a, a date by yourself and whatever TV show that you love. Absolutely. So it can be those type of things as well, where so many times. Times, um, as caregivers, we'll put ourselves last mm-hmm. and last. Okay, uh, Jamie, I know you run this an- amazing organization called Um Foster the Family. Yeah. <laughs> which is also what your book is called. Uh, but you guys are putting on a conference. Yes. Tell everyone about it.
2: Okay. So the filled retreat has grown because I have felt this need to gather with other women who are sisters in Christ and like-minded in this mission of foster care and adoption. And so we started the retreat a few years ago with 80 women and each year it's doubled and It is such a beautiful time of teaching from God's word, encouragement. We really highlight all the voices of the adoption triad and different perspectives. There's really practical teaching and trauma education. But more than anything, we want women to come away and be in community with other women, be refreshed and have truth, not just knowledge and not just a break, but truth that they bring home with them that really equips them for the rest of the journey.
0: I love that. And so, one of your speakers. <laughs> one of my
2: speakers. So, so excited to have Jamie Ivy. First weekend of February, 2023. Mm. It's going to be such a sweet time up in Pennsylvania in Pennsylvania. Awesome. Yeah. Uh,
0: I want to tell you publicly that there's only one reason I said yes to this. Mm. Just want you to hear this is that you guys do value the whole triad. Yeah. And um, I get asked to do stuff about adoption a lot and I say no. 9.5 out of 10 times. Yeah. Um, Because it's nuanced and it's complex and what What I won't do if there's a microphone that's being recorded is tell any of my kids stories. It's not fair. It's not my place. And so I think a lot of times people just want that kind of like, get up and tell us this whole sob story. And I'm never going to be a part of that. And so I really appreciate what you guys are doing. And it's not always like that. You know, this, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. And so I'm super excited um, because I was just at a, I was just speaking somewhere this weekend and. Someone came up to me and was like, hey, I really feel like God is calling us to adopt. Like, is it, this is exactly what they said. Is it easy? (laughs) (laughs) I love your face. You're like, and I tried to hold my face in and they weren't being, they were just the sweetest. Their hearts were so right. And I said, I think their exact question was, is it still hard? Mm. And I was just kind of smiling and nodding
2: (laughs) Um,
0: because the thing that I told them, as I told them, before you start anything, you need to read, 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 read. You yeah. need to listen, 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 listen. Right. You need to hear from people who are in all of the different spaces. I said, you need to find adult adoptees. Yep. Listen, it's yep. going to be hard sometimes. Listen. Yeah. But the thing I told them, I was like, you need to find somebody that you can sit over coffee with. Mm. Because what you're not going to get from me on this show ever is to talk about like, the depths the of adoption. Hard. Because... I mean, I've got four teenagers. We've just got teenagers. But my kids, it's their story. And mm-hmm. like we said earlier, any time there's adoption, there's trauma involved. Mm-hmm. And um, there's loss, we should say, especially yeah. which leads to some some heartache. And so I told them, I said, find people. And so I love your retreat, because it is like-minded women who can sit and understand each other. It's like no one has to even say the words. They're all walking through yep. this journey with foster parenting, and it's just, it's a safe place.
2: That's what we hear all the time, is to sit down and throw out really scary words, and people look at you with love, and you don't have to explain. Mm. And I feel like I've benefited so much from the friendships that I have of birth mothers mm-hmm. who, oh, you deeply love your children yeah. and you were in a hard place and adoptees of, oh, you love who you are and both families mm-hmm. and the the journey you've been on, on understanding your identity of two families and your identity in Christ and how knowing Jesus heals, but also mm. <laughs> there is this hard stuff. And I have learned so much because I get to be in so many conversations. And that's what I want to gift foster and adoptive moms. Mm. The conversations that I get, the women that I get to rub up against, oh, I want you to hear these women so you can learn the way that I have. And I pray that God is going to humble you Mm. the way he's humbled me and teach your heart the way he's been faithful to do to me and Mm. you. So a lot of people will get
0: um, this feeling, uh, this calling, I feel like that God's leading our family towards this. And then something I hear often is what about my other kids? Mm-hmm. I have these children, like, how is this going to affect their life? And I have an answer, but I'd love to hear your answer.
2: It is going to affect their life. And I think, you know, the, the woman coming up to you saying, is it hard? There are times I'm, I'm going around speaking, promoting the book right now and I will sometimes joke like some of you here are not foster parents and I'm scaring you away and that's okay. (laughs) That's, that's good. If you're getting a real picture of the real hard, then thank God it will affect your kids. It will affect your kids to say goodbye to a sibling. My children a year ago said goodbye to their sister after two and a half years. My kids were six and seven at the time. Two and a half years is all they remember. And so it would be absolutely ignorant of me to think, oh, that's not going to affect them. Here's what I believe, that everything that God allows in their lives is something that he's going to use in their lives. That every heartache, every hard thing, every time there is two hours of screaming and doors broken and that they are going to be shaped by that to be someone who loves him and loves others and knows his love deeper and that's it I'm just trusting God for them too the same way I'm trusting God for myself
0: so good and I always say that God does not call parents and forget they have children mm. like God is the he calls families That's so good and it's not like he's like Jamie and Alan I had this plan for you oh my gosh I forgot about live and West like oh I didn't even I forgot about them right no he's like i'm calling the whole finn family yeah um thank you so much like this is just it's a joy to start out the month with you
2: it's so great <laughs> well i am so grateful i i think that next week tune into that turn this <laughs> off tune into tori next week because Aww. that's who we want to be hearing and listening
1: to
0: Okay, I want to jump into people's favorite parts. And listen, sometimes I forget to ask people these things. and then I they get would upset. not
2: let you forget. James. Okay, what are three things you're loving? And then what are you reading? So what are you loving these days? All right, I am loving this fun show on, it's like a BuzzFeed show called Worth It.
0: Okay. Do you know Worth It? I don't know it. And I don't know what a BuzzFeed show is either. Uh, okay,
2: so- <laughs> I feel like you sound old. (laughs) I I, I was thinking the exact same thing. So it's like a YouTube show. Okay, got it, got it, got it. And so it's these 15 minute shows and these two guys, I'm a foodie, I know you are too. Uh um, They go to three different restaurants and they eat the same food at three different price points. Okay. So they'll eat like a $2 taco than like a $25 taco than like a $65 taco. Is
0: there such thing as a $65 taco? Well, there's a lot
2: of caviar, truffle, gold leaf kind of involved. But you realize the intention that can go into Mm. food that can just make it that much more amazing.
0: Okay, I'm going to watch this because I believe that little things like that do make it more amazing. It
2: does. Yeah. So usually it's the middle price point because the the cheaper one is like they're just getting the food to you. Mm -hmm. The middle is where there's intention without like being silly about it without putting gold leaf on it exactly but it's become my my 10 year old son and I it's our thing so we watch it I mean we've watched the same episodes like over and over and over and over you know the answer we have I mean (laughs) we're like oh this is the one with the. I love that so fun okay so worth it what else vans you have some on right now I have vans on all the time and I made a decision that dresses weddings, church, I'm just Vans. You just need the right pair. So that's become my thing. I love
0: it. Yeah. I love it. I am have become since COVID a real big fan of tennis shoes with everything. Yeah.
2: It's I just was at an event the other night, this girl had this like full length ball gown on and these cute white sneakers. And I was like the Oscars were work? last
0: night and I bet we could go find somebody that had on a full length dress with sneakers. I think it's the cutest.
2: And I just am committed to like being comfortable and loving my shoes
0: i love it yeah what else are you loving
2: i'm loving in-person concerts thank goodness right oh my gosh i'm so excited what are you excited to go see so my dad will know about this because it's going to air a week after his birthday okay paul mccartney
1: (gasps) it's a it's a surprise
2: i'm taking my dad so we went a few years ago literally one of the best nights of my life. Oh my I start gosh. to tear up when I think of him playing Blackbird with a spotlight on him. So I am thrilled. Okay. That's awesome. All right, what books are you reading? 12 books at all times. I love it. That is when I do think... you, When
0: do you read? That's the next question.
2: So, okay, here's my my life hack. Okay. Have lots of different books on lots of different topics in lots of different locations. So
0: I'm always this always this makes me feel a little stressful. Oh, I'm sorry.
2: So I'm a seven. Okay. So I'm always like the more the better and mm-hmm. jump into all the things. But I also can stay in a plot line, so I can jump around and be right back. Yeah, in yeah, the yeah. Stories. Okay. But I am always listening to an audiobook. I always have one on my Kindle, uh-huh. and then I have books like one in the bathroom and uh-huh. one by the couch and one, you know, love it. So. Right now, I am reading um, Elizabeth Elliott's new biography. Mm-hmm. I am about to finish The Lincoln Highway.
0: Okay. I just got on Audible.
2: Oh, okay. I'm How gonna... is it on Audible?
0: Well, I um, need to finish what I'm reading first, okay. and then I'm going to go to that one. Do you yes. like it?
2: I love it. Okay. Perfect. It, is, it was a lot of the list called it the best book of the year yeah, last year. Yeah. I heard that. Yeah. And I would affirm that. Okay. Perfect. So I can't good. wait now. Yeah. You'll be sucked right okay, in. Okay. Good. I'm reading Deeper by Dane Ortland. Is this new? I don't know, but it is. You know, Gentle and Lowly was is it all before the or after Gentle? I don't know. Okay, but for me, it's after. Okay, got it. You have? Did you read Gentle and Lowly? So good. I mean, Jamie, so good, so good. And I feel like you know, I come from Reformed theology mm-hmm. and really like hold on to Orthodox theology and the simplicity mm. of. Jesus wants you to come to him so that you can have your needs met. And so Deeper is basically about sanctification, but it's like, this is who God is. Love him and follow him. Uh, And it's amazing.
0: It's kind of goes along with our whole conversation today. Yeah. Okay.
2: I i'm reading I, I shouldn't give you all twelve. you said so. mother
0: to son by jasmine holmes oh my gosh so mother good to son. i wanted to yeah. say that yeah
2: okay yeah so i am parenting a biracial boy and i think it's really important to be reading all the perspectives but then this perspective of a mother and her love for her son it is it's beautiful she's a great writer she's insightful and she is like we were talking about before this is gospel and justice. And it's like, oh, this orthodox theology and this perspective of listening to the voices of other people. I love, love it.
0: it. I love it. I'm reading the Gravity of Joy by um, Dr. Angela Gorrell. I think Ooh. that's how you say her name. Okay. She is a professor at uh, Baylor, I believe. Uh, and it's really, really, really good. It's mm. about joy and grief, um, how they coexist. oh
2: wow. Well, that is so relevant to this talk of foster care. <sighs> So I got to read it. You
0: should read it. I, I I'm um, almost done with it and I highly recommend it. Mm. Jamie. Thank you.
2: Thank you. This
0: is so great. You guys uh, pick up her book, foster the family encouragement, hope and practical help for the Christian foster parent. Um, and if you don't feel like that book is for you, cause you're not a foster parent. Um, I pray that this episode has been helpful in mm. knowing how you can also be an advocate for the least of these, yeah. even if it doesn't look like this particular way.
2: That's good.
0: Friends, I hope that you loved my conversation with Jamie. In fact, I know that you did. And don't worry, this Friday, we have Tori Hope Peterson. Next Wednesday's is Pitoya Hall. And then after that is Whitney Fur. Great conversations all built around foster care and adoption. And if you want more information or you want to see the show notes for all of these shows or books or any other conversations we've had, we're going to link them all at jamieivy.com slash foster. So go to jamievy.com slash foster for more information. Thank you so much for listening to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to give you, and every opportunity we get to point all of us to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is the number one way that people find out about our show. It's because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that will make us think, they'll make us laugh, and they'll always point us back to Jesus. And come find me other places on the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm over there at Jamie Ivy. And if you've never visited my YouTube page, you're gonna wanna go there. Have you ever listened to a show and wondered, I wonder what they look like? Well, go find us over there. It's jamieivy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour is produced by Lindsay Sweeney. Show notes are written by Abigail Castell. Graphics are by Amaya Savoy-Easton. The show is edited by Angie Elkins. And I'm your host every week, Jamie Ivy. And goodness gracious, I love being here with you guys. Until next time, have a happy hour with a friend.
1: For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna. To keep her secret recipe alive, take over taco night. No matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale, even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch. When it's not even Sunday, because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great.